Hello everyone, welcome to Anime Ichiban Gubastam's dedicated anime podcast. I'm your host for this morning, afternoon, evening, Matthew Pontier. As always, I'm joined by Kyle Rogashian. Rogashian? Yes. I'll get that right one day. One of these days. It's Rogashian, by the way. And, yes. And Harry Morris. And Hello. it's been a hot minute since our last episode. Uh, we've been really busy with our respective lives. I've been at cons. Harry and Kyle have been off on their own lives. I know Kyle's been like very vigorously getting ready for his trip <laughs> and so and so forth <laughs> but we're here now and we're gonna have a good time where mr that, kyle matt by the way where does that come from you said hot minute and like the past year hot minute and hot second have been said loads where does it come from um i don't know exactly ex- directly where it came from i know that while i was studying abroad in japan a lot of my uh friends that were from new jersey said it so it might be a New Jersey thing, but I don't know for I feel sure. like it's an East Coast thing because I definitely remember hearing that a lot for like the first time when I was in New England um, in college. Mm-hmm. So it might be like, it, it might be how like on the East Coast, nobody really says dude or totally. Right. Everyone, looks, everyone looks at me weird when I say dude or yo. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, I guess that's just like a California thing. All right. Mm hmm. Well, one of my Texas friends says hot minute, but may- maybe she got it from someone else. Who knows? Mm. Point is, I don't know, especially we don't where the origin know. is. It Sorry. might be an East Coast Sorry. thing, yeah. Mystery. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Mr. Kyle Rigachon, I have a question for you. Mm. On a scale of one to Camilla, how excited for you are you for Fire Emblem oh, Three God. Houses next week? God, dude, don't like... Bring and Camilla can be whatever side of the scale yeah, you want. Yeah, I know. Like, com- so... I'm just going to put it out there. I kind of disowned the Fire Emblem franchise after playing Fates because it offended me that much. Like, as as much fun as I have with waifu trash, Fates just completely ignored what the franchise was about. Okay, so Kyle, for someone like me who doesn't really know too much about Fire Emblem, what makes Fates so bad in your opinion? So the the quick and dirty history of Fire Emblem is that from like the mid 2000s to the early 2010s, uh, they weren't selling too well. Um, people weren't really buying Fire Emblem games. So around like 2011, mm. 2012, Nintendo told Intelligent Systems, the developers of Fire Emblem, that, hey, if your next game doesn't sell above 250,000 copies, we are axing the franchise. And they're like, okay, well, if this is going to be our last game, like, let's just go all out on it. And they made Awakening, which sold a million copies in its first month. Wow. <laughs> um, and people were like, what, what the fuck is this? Why do, why do people like Awakening so much? Um, which they're still kind of puzzled about. It's a lot of different things. Um, but do you, like, what, do you like Awakening? It has its problems, but I do think it's still a proper yeah. Fire Emblem game. It is a yeah. good Fire Emblem game. It's not one of the better ones. But it, it's absolutely not one game. of the better ones. Um, I would say it like drops in quality around the second half of the game, but it's still very much rooted in like classical like f- Japanese fantasy RPG like f- adventure stuff. So yeah. for Awakening, they're like, oh, this is great. This sold really well. What, what did we do differently that we can bring more of for the next game oh i know everybody loved the waifu simulator and while that's not inaccurate they kind of doubled down on that a little too much and for fates the next installment uh they it's bad <laughs> they basically the, the, the writing is awful there is like little to no strategy or 
like good map design for a series known for its fantastic strategy and map design. Is there, are you including Conquest in that? I'm in, I'm even including umbrella? Conquest. Like as Conquest okay, had some fun maps, but it was still like oh God, yeah, I can think of one especially. It's like there, there's like a map in the middle of the game where you're like just, you, you have to like climb a mountain and the quote unquote difficulty behind it is that you're just getting like units thrown at you. So it's not very fun, really. It's difficult, but not very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the fates as a whole was just like a lot of missteps in like, it, it lost sight of what the franchise should be about in yeah. favor of like low hanging fruit. Like one of the worst offenders of it was the fact that you could literally pet your waifus, which was God awful. So is, it, was, this some sort of like, was this some sort of like Ugh. dating simulator? Yeah, kind of yeah, romance? and it's like like it's it's Fire Emblem is fine to have that like that like the the supports and the romances are a big part of the appeal, but they went way too hard in making it be like, hey, gamers, these are your waifus, and it's like, oh god, mm. just come on, stop. Um, so that's where I kind of like dropped off the franchise for a bit, but with talk of three houses coming up um i like had some friends that i talk with uh, about fire emblem and they said yeah you know shadows of valentia was actually like really really good it's just a remake of uh one of the older games and you know they do a lot of different things that are pretty neat and i picked it back up and it's the first time in like a long fucking time that i have dug into a video game i invested like 50 hours into shadows of valentia and it reignited my love for the franchise so Mm. after hearing at e3 that they're taking a lot of mechanics out of shadows of valentia um i am very much excited for three houses that's cool I mean, I've only been like observing it casually, but I think it looks pretty cool. And I uh, pre-ordered it, I think, this past week. Um, so I'm excited to dive in. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I know quite a few Fire Emblem characters. Like, I'm not totally blind to the franchise, but I've never actually played a Fire Emblem game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm very excited to actually experience that for the first and time. And this is looking like a great uh, entry point, especially with your love of Persona, Harry. And oh, totally. Yes. And, oh, my endless, God. Endless, endless Persona comparisons <laughs> well, to this. And that I think was the rightly thing so. Me, it was when yeah. I saw that it was like this fusion of Fire Emblem with Persona mechanics and the whole like kind of relationship building. I was like, this looks like the sort of shit I could really get into and really mm-hmm. grow addicted yeah, to. Yeah, all of the um, slice of life Academy stuff looks incredible. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's exactly the kind of like in-game world building that like as a Fire Emblem fan, I've been wanting for like the longest time. Yeah. Right. And it's so hard to do a uh, school setting at, of any sort, like in a creative way. It's known as the graveyard of creativity for a reason. <laughs> And I feel like they really took this and made it their own. It's mm. like, okay, yes, it's a generic setting, but there's so much you can do in the setting that people don't touch on because they just take, as you said, the low-hanging fruit usually. We're going to go full hog onto fleshing that out and exploring. Yeah, it's so crazy like how much, like, and I've like tried to starve myself off content, so I'm like fully fresh going in. But from what Same, I have yeah. seen, they like go to a like shocking amount of depth into making it actually feel like okay you're here at a school and your like students are learning it's not just here's a school backdrop so you can have fun slice of life shenanigans which you can but they also like make sure that to remind you you are here at an academy to learn right Mm. 
I think that's cool. Like right. giving it mm-hmm. so much more context as a world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks awesome. And you could say you've been excited for this game for a hot minute. Hey, yes. You're there using you it right I would say, I, I would say <laughs> incorrect. I've been excited for a hot second. Get it right. There's okay, a what's, difference. What's the difference? What's the difference? There's no difference. There's no difference. Oh, okay. Hot second, I think, <laughs> you is think? like a little shorter window of time. Right. Maybe, maybe, but maybe it's by what second, margin? <laughs> by I, like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. By like a hot... Well, I don't well, know. <laughs> well, speaking of hot, Mr. Harry underscore Morris underscore, tell me what the weather is like over in Britain right now as our friend uh, in Britain. It's been raining recently where I am. It's, been- uh, it's very bizarre. It kind of fluctuates very heavily. So like some days will be really hot, but then some days we'll just be chucking it down with rain. Um, there's no like kind of major pattern it's pretty random that's one mm-hmm. of the interesting things about england yeah. so so yeah but um anyways weather's not the most exciting topic i've been recently yeah. playing I was uh, just, yeah. <laughs> i've been playing a uh, dragon quest 11 recently for the second time i played it in february and i was gonna go for 100 percent run but i wanted to get like a perfect inventory and have either of you guys played it i played uh, up to the through the first ending i've been waiting for the switch release Okay, cool. Right. So Kyle, I'll warn you of something. If you're somebody who's stupid and picky like me. So there's a point in the game where there's a sort of, I don't think it's really a spoiler because I won't give you any context to it, but there is a bit of a time skip in the game. Okay. Um, and somehow this kind of comes back into it. And there's basically a thing towards the end of the game where it goes into the post game where you end up duplicating your items. And what happens is any items that your characters had on them at a certain point in the game will be duplicated. So you'll have an extra one in your inventory. This is potentially quite cool. However, there are certain items like character specific weapons that you can't sell, meaning you could end up with duplicates of these unsellable weapons. So if you're someone who wants to go for a perfect inventory of like one of each item, you won't be able to do that if you balls it up and mess it up by duplicating unsellable weapons and unsellable items. Does that make sense? So it's just like weird inventory. Yeah, you'll, you'll get like two copies of like Sylvando's sword, which will be like I don't want two copies of Sylvando's sword. It's like a weak sword. That's it's just there, specific. Uh, that, and it, it's just there. Yeah, if you're somebody who's picky and wants to get like a perfect run, and this happened to me on my first playthrough, mm. I didn't realize it was going to happen. I'm here for like 80, 90 hours into the game, only for it to turn around and be like, "Yeah, well, you know, you've you've nearly." perfected your inventory but actually it's fucked up now well, see, at the very least what i would hope that dragon quest might do in a lot of a lot of jrpgs like kind of mess this up but i may hope it has a good inventory management system it does actually dragon yeah. quest 11 is it's re- i never really had an issue with it yeah it's it just really streamlined really easy to use okay. um and i i like that literally you can go into your inventory and it'll just press triangle if you're playing it on playstation uh, to sort by name or sort by type. So just sort it alphabetically or sort it by like the type of weapon. And that's it. There's no like sort chronologically. That always annoys me when it's like chronological sorting. Because again, that's like a sort of subjective order that's determined by the way you pick things up. And again, if you're really picky about order, like I fucking hate chronological ordering. I want it to be alphabetical. Yeah, I'm very like picky about games like this. So <laughs> it's pretty stupid. I know it's on me. But yeah, my first playthrough, I messed it up and I duplicated certain items accidentally. So I'm doing a second playthrough now, knowing this is a risk and uh, I'm avoiding that. And I'm I'm totally hooked in, even though I did like a 100 hour playthrough 
a few months ago. I'm doing it all over again. Oh my god, dude! Like Not at some this- point, like <laughs> especially with JRPGs, I just like stop looking at my inventory. Really? Yeah. yeah. I it, I'm always so big into it. I'm I'm so like it just, fixated. It, it gets to the point where it's like overwhelming. Um, and it's I, like, like it gets to the point where it's like unless I have difficulties progressing the game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm fine with what I have. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I like. I'm so meticulous about everything. I spend so much time in the inventory. Mm-hmm. I think, do I need that? No, I'll sell it or maybe I'll keep it and I'll like uh, upgrade it for the sake of like 100%ing stuff. I'm really meticulous. It's a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, like there's not many games I could just go back a few months later and replay after like 100 hours. So it's a testament to how entertaining and addictive the game is, I think. So I've been doing that a lot. Matt, what have you been playing? Yeah, so I've been playing... Uh... A lot of Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. I, it's the one MMO that I've ever actually kind of like really gotten into. Mm-hmm. And Shadowbringers just amps everything up to 11. Like the story just hits the ground running immediately. There are really, really almost graphic scenes that happen right off the bat that took me aback. <laughs> and the new combats, I mainly progressed as a white mage as a healer. And so all the new mechanics, how they change white mages. I, for the most part, it's a net positive. I enjoy it a lot. And so I've just been kind of trying to get through that, finish the main scenario, because once uh, Fire Emblem comes out next Friday, uh, that's going to be my life <laughs> for the next many, yep. many days. For, for all of us. Yep. That's exciting. Yep. And so the reason I was asking you about weather earlier, Harry, is because I hate you right now, because we're having a heat wave in Boston right oh. now that's almost in the triple digits of Fahrenheit. Oh, I don't know okay. what that translates to in Celsius, but it's bad because I have to turn off my AC when we record podcasts. Oh, God. So I'm just like oh. sweltering in my room right now. <laughs> well, but it's all so for the sake of our precious, precious listeners. All for the sake We're doing of this for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. We suffer for our art. That's it. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like so, I'm, I'm lucky being in England because it's, it's just, it's very rarely extreme weather. It's very rarely mm-hmm. like intense. And when it is, it'll be for a day or two. So yeah, mm-hmm. lucky me and unlucky you. Yeah. So with that, we'll get into... The main part of our show will be anime, and we're going to go into our news. And unfortunately, we have to lead this off with some extremely, extremely unfortunate news. Um, as many of you know, there was a fire, an arson attack on Kyoto Animation in the past couple of days in uh, Kyoto, Japan. The final casualty count is 34 people have been claimed dead with many, many more injured. This is absolutely horrific, and we have to... There's not much to say about it, but I want to extend mine and I'm pretty sure everyone on Goomba Stomp's heartfelt condolences to everyone that was affected by this disaster. And I pray from the bottom of my heart that they can make a recovery from it with due time. And with that, I just want to offer up a moment of silence for everyone that was affected. If you would like to join me, please. Okay, and that's that. I will say that Sentai Filmworks, which is Kyoto Animation's licensor, mm-hmm. has started a GoFundMe campaign. I was going to mention to this. Help. Yes, exactly. I think the, the target was 750000 and we've raised like $1,700,000. Potentially near it. like yeah. $2 yeah. Million now at this point. Annihilated oh, really? it, it's yes. It's incredible, yeah. Yes, so if you would like to help with the recovery effort, I will leave the link for that in the description for this podcast episode. Yeah. And so... And uh, in honor of Kyoto Animation, I just want to ask 
you two, what is your favorite Kyoto animation show? What kind of imprint have they left on your life? For me, I will say it's Clanad. It is just the second season alone has such a strong theme of family bonds with one of the most memorable episodes of anime in history um, that has made me cry on multiple occasions. And I've tried rewatching Clanad on multiple occasions, but I get to where it starts to get really, really heavy and I just can't go forward I've, I've knowing heard what's going to happen I've in the future. I've heard incredible things about Clanad. I don't know anything as to why it's sad, but I've heard that it's like one of the most emotionally distressing things you can watch. Apparently Absolutely. It's yeah, really the second season this. specifically, not so much the first season. The first season's still great, but the second season is really where really it down starts on to that. hit. It's, yeah. it's on my watch list, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw A Silent Voice last year, which I really endo- enjoyed. I thought mm-hmm. like, the animation was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a really interesting film. I liked that. But- so, Kyo Annie is a little bit of a weird... St- well, weird in the sense that like I've probably seen less than half of their shows, but they've had like the largest impact on like my connection to anime. Because they are both, like, one of the primary reasons that I got into anime and got back into it. So, back in 06, 07, um, that was when I was, like, really first starting to feel out for manga and anime and trying to find shows that I enjoyed. And that was also the year, um, or, like, that time frame was when Haruhi, Lucky Star, and Clanad were airing. um, And I just dug, like, super deep into those. Um, Clanad probably was and is like one of the most important anime series I've ever watched. Like same as you, Matt. Like the, the second season, mm-hmm. like just really dug into me um, and has stuck with me a lot. And if it's the episode you're thinking of, is it the one with Ushio in the field? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. No. No. Every time I watch that, it's oh my god. It just it's it just gets to me, and it's just such. But what I love about Q Annie is that like there's just such a great sense of positivity and optimism to everything that they do um Mm -hmm. which is what got me back into it back in like 2016 um so for like most of the time i was in college i didn't really watch anime um i was back home i was bored and i was like oh this is that's a pretty cute maid what's this about and i just (laughs) i watched dragon maid and it was amazing yeah i so if i were to point to like series it, it it is probably a toss-up between clanid and dragon maid for different reasons mm-hmm. um right yeah that's incredible yeah I, so think it, I think it's been like really interesting to see all the different animation companies as well like exchanging uh really nice messages about this absolutely um, it's it's incredible how much it's hit the industry um, the community has been unbelievably supportive throughout yeah. the whole thing yeah like internationally too it's like you, you see like i like what when it you know, in the um, days after, I would just, you know, I kept looking on Twitter um, and, you know, seeing people talk about it. And, like, there were just so many different languages talking about yeah. Kyohani, mm-hmm. which was pretty like, incredible to see. It's, yeah. it's gone far beyond, like, Japan and the animation community. It's gone to, like, like if you go on, like, the BBC, um, there's, like, a BBC article where it's just talking openly about anime and various anime series. Right. And it's, like, I imagine most of the demographic reading the BBC don't follow that sort of stuff but i enjoy that they're just kind of posting about that without thinking about that that demographic they're just kind of tributing kyo anime and, and i think um yeah i mean even like my mum and dad had heard about it and obviously they're like yeah they, same. They yeah like 
people who know nothing about anime, they're conscious that it's happened and that it's such a horrible thing. So I think that's, it's incredible how wide the reach has been, how much it's affected people. And I obviously want to repeat what you said, Matt. I just really hope that everyone affected gets through this as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So may they all, may everyone whose soul has passed on rest in peace and may the recovery effort be as smooth as possible. Mm. So not to change gears so suddenly, but we have more news to go over. Mm-hmm. And so Kyle, I know that you're traveling internationally for the first time in your living memory or your conscious memory, correct? You're going yes. To Japan for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's the fir- that's going to be the first time that you leave the country consciously because it sounds like you've gone as a baby. Or I, I went before. when I, I went to the Philippines when I was like three and I remember nothing about mm-hmm. it. So, yes. Mm-hmm. What about you, Harry? Have you ever traveled internationally? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, uh, I've gone to Ireland and to Scotland and to Wales, which were pretty close. Oh, that's all on the same island. That doesn't matter. Oh, it's all on the same island. Okay. (laughs) Technically international. (laughs) I've gone to, uh, I've gone to France and I did go to Germany briefly, but it was like a tiny part of Germany. It was sustainer hostel. And it was when I used to play in a brass band when I was a teenager. And in case you don't know what a brass band is, it's essentially uh, brass instruments like cornets and trombones. And it's quite a big thing and sort of like, Hmm. um, I suppose like working class English communities and uh, I was part of one when I was growing up because he gave me a chance to play the drums and play percussion um, and we went there to tour in Germany. It was pretty fucking weird um, and I didn't, I didn't really see much of Germany so I can't really count that one but no, I've never really travelled too much unfortunately. I do want to do more but money is a right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> Money and time, always the constraining factors. So the reason I asked this question is uh, if any of you would ever consider wanting to go to Italy or more specifically Venice, has that ever crossed your mind? Europe, sure. <laughs> Europe as a whole, I don't know about Italy specifically. What, what's going on with mm-hmm. Venice? So if, I think Kyle is, but are either of you familiar with a show called Aria? No, I'm not. Kyle, are That's you? an old series. I, yeah. I am aware yeah. of it. I think I tried to watch it. It didn't grab me super well but what, what about it right so aria for harry and those who aren't familiar aria is basically about venice on mars Ooh, i like it <laughs> and as as weird as that sounds so basically it takes place in the far future where we've kind of like terraformed mars and um they've made a neo venice on it basically and even though it takes place in the very future it looks exactly like venice it doesn't look that futuristic it just like is venice on Mars. I don't know how to explain that for anymore. But basically, the, the show follows a bunch of gondoliers. And these gondoliers are young young women, young ladies. And uh, you have the main trio, which are like in training. And then you have their mentors, who are also prominent characters. And so it is a very, very relaxing, calming slice of life show. It's one of my favorite when you just kind of like want to relax. Like Kyle said, there's not any not much there that really like grips you immediately. So if you feel bored, then that's how it's going to be. But if you are in it for the ride, the characters are very endearing. The visuals are phenomenal for the time. They still hold up to this day, despite coming out back in 2004, I think was the original show. Um, But anyways, basically, there is a Japanese tourist agency that is doing a, a massive trip around Venice, all based around the Aria anime. And they are hosting 80 attendees, and they're going to be going February 27th through March 4th of 2020. 
and they're going to be taking them all around to see all the sites of all the um, locations that the series is based off of, the real-life locations such as St. Mark's Square, Doge's Palace, Bridge of Sighs, Palazzo Contrini de Borvolo, Rialto Bridge, and so on and so forth. And how much do you think this is costing? Uh, I would have thought it's a lot, but I mean, maybe there's a twist to this. Okay, so how long is it? It's for for like two, three weeks? Let's see here. I'm assuming that's a leap year. So tw- three, that's a week. It's one week. Oh, it's a week. Okay. February, um, February 27th through March 4th. Right, because February is a weird runty month. Um, and, and they're they're putting up 80 attendants and they're taking like guided tours and all that. Honestly, I'd probably say it's at least like 3K. Okay. I would have, I, I, I don't know an exact figure, but I would have thought it's a lot, but I feel like maybe it's a twist to the story. Is it maybe really cheap? Is no, it it's like a lot it's of not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a trick question, though. No. It's not a trick question. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the figure will be, but I think it will be a lot. Yeah. Okay. No, well, Kyle wasn't that far off. It's 438,000 yen. I bet you were about, they thought I was about to say dollars, which translates to about $4,000 per yeah. person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that seems, yeah. that seems right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, like, anime pilgrimages aren't something that's unfamiliar within Japan. Like, you have a whole bunch of small towns that pay homage to the shows that took place in them. Like, uh, Higurashi, the uh, village of Hinomizawa, it's based off a real village. I forget the name of it exactly, but they have little tours there. Um, you got the Haruhi tour. Basically, anything that PA Works has done, because they're all rooted in real life, except for Fairy Gone. Uh, but this is one of the first, I think, that's taking place... In another country, and I have been to Venice. It's absolutely beautiful. I can say that. The only thing is, that I went was it when I was a middle schooler, and I was a little shit when I was a middle schooler. So I don't think I appreciated it fully. So I'd love to uh, go again and actually appreciate mm-hmm. it more. But um, yeah, I don't think I'll be taking this trip specifically, especially because it's far. What's What's the worst thing you did as a middle schooler? The worst thing I did. I mean, I didn't do anything like I would. I didn't inconvenience people, but it was more just like. I didn't want to try caring about anything that my family cared about. And so... Ah, so you were a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, basically. So my my parents... So my aunt lives in Italy. Um, She moved there after college. She studied abroad there, met her husband. She just stayed there. Um, So I was visiting my aunt there for like two weeks. And basically, I was just tired of walking around in venice at that point i'm just like i just want to go back and play my ds now why are we still out here (laughs) (laughs) i didn't say that to her but i mentally i wasn't absorbing everything that's what i'm thinking about i'd have felt the same way Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) so i i feel really bad and i'd like to go back and appreciate that more now Mm -hmm. um but speaking of appreciation so we all know that anime is expanding its influence out of like dedicated streaming sites. So we got things on Netflix now, we got things on Hulu, we got Amazon streaming and everything. Um, the issue with those services, or one of the issues with those services is, of course, those are those are separate subscriptions. Um, in some cases, they have their exclusive shows. And Netflix's case, they have uh, shows that they hold hostage until the season is completely done. So you can't even watch it legally, even though it's airing in Japan. So... It hosts, and their library isn't as large as the dedicated streaming services. So while they have a more broad-reaching audience, being Netflix and Amazon, they have they're more limited for the anime mm-hmm. audience in a way. 
Uh, meanwhile, Crunchyroll and Funimation have a very large library, but in the end, they are still limited to the anime audience. You with me here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what this is leading into is that Warner Media, um, which is related to AT&T, who owns Crunchyroll, has announced that Crunchyroll, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, and Rooster Teeth will be offering content on HBO Max streaming service um, in 2020. And so what this means... So if you have a HBO subscription... You can watch Crunchyroll now. Oh, which Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, which is answering both of the issues I just saw. HBO, while not super giant like um, Amazon and Netflix, they are still really big. Um, Maybe not as big now that Game of Thrones is over, but they are big. So they have that far-reaching influence. Meanwhile, you're bringing over Crunchyroll's catalog, which is vast. And so you're solving kind of both those issues where you have a vast catalog well, and there's actually audience. a reason now to subscribe to hbo right because before it's just a handful of shows i would say you could the only reservations i have about this especially if you're bringing it to a wider audience who is not necessarily familiar with anime is you need to be very careful about what series you bring <laughs> yeah so that is an update uh crunchyroll has clarified recently that they not all of their library are going to. It's not their full okay. library, but a large part of it. So we don't know exactly what that means. So yes, you're totally so f- right in that in that concern. Yeah, for like style. the HBO crowd, I'd imagine you'd want to pick shows like Psychopaths, um, One Punch Man, like st- t- basically not Moe Blob shows or like fan service trash. Kind of want to like mm-hmm. axe those, but. Hmm. Yeah, just stuff is a bit more accessible, yeah, a bit more yeah. entertaining and actiony and mm-hmm. easily digestible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um that's Nothing it. Nothing but hentai. Oh my just God. hentai. I think I think Crunchyroll need <laughs> HBO's a, hentai. I mean, this. they have sex already. I think it's already an A2 oh plus channel. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for the people who already have a Crunchyroll account, this doesn't really mean anything mm-hmm. to them. But for in terms of bringing more people into the atmosphere, increasing the influence, this is a pretty decently big deal. And honestly, um, that said, again, and honestly, not, yeah. like that actually has some like far-reaching implications for like just like streaming services as a whole. Because one of the issues that I have had, and like that people have rightly brought up with streaming services, is that as more and more people like realize that like they they want a piece of that pie, it's like okay, well now I need to subscribe to like five hundred different fucking services. Right. Exactly. So like. If you own like all of the these, new, oh, yeah. go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, if you own all of these, like, you may as well just like have like cross service like shows and like dip into each other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I know there's the new streaming service called High Dive that popped up like a year or two ago, and they're trying real hard <laughs> to get a piece of that pie. But I just do not care. It's just like your library. You have one exclusive show a season. But beyond that, like your library overlaps exactly with Crunchyroll and Funimation. There is no reason for me. I like I'll sacrifice that one show. It's like mid tier every time, but mm-hmm. it's not worth it. So I yeah, I do not like these new all these new streaming services cropping up and asking for it. It's just it gets ridiculous. Yeah, well, it's like no one can subscribe to all of them, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I, I think it's it's frustrating to hold certain shows hostage when it's like. If you're somebody who wants to watch for more, like all these various shows, like if you're subscribing to all these services, you, you'll just break your bank account. You can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yet then people are persecuted for watching it illegally. Right. It's, it's pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. Before we move on for this, just a few quick stats about Crunchyroll that this article provides. Also, 
Um, they currently has 50 million registered users with 2 million streaming subscribers. So I, I take that to mean that there's 50 million accounts and then of those 2 million of them are actually paying the premium for streaming. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, mm-hmm. It offers more than 1,000 titles. That's, that just shows the scope of their catalog, which accounts for 30,000 episodes of anime. So yeah. there is a, a lot there. So even if they only bring a fraction of that to HBO, that's still a lot. So yeah, that's something to look uh, to what uh, keep an eye on when that comes out in uh, 2020. Mm. See how that affects uh, anime's exposure. So that's, okay, so are we saying 30,000 episodes around Crunchyroll? Yes. Right. Okay. That's an interesting thing. So I've watched 890 something episodes of One Piece. <laughs> so I'm, I'm nearly at a thousand. I've nearly watched a, a thirtieth. I've nearly watched a thirtieth. <laughs> A 30th of all of Crunchyroll, purely through Bond series. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. I wonder That's what would happen if you, like, what do you think about jumbled that up all of the long-running shonens, like how much of a fraction that would comprise of like Crunchyroll's oh my God. library. I feel like half... I mean, I honestly think like it must be more than 30,000 episodes on Crunchyroll. It must be. If One Piece alone is nearly a well, thousand episodes, I mean, episodes, the, like, like the only other series that would be oh, I know as it's long, long, I guess, as One Piece would be like Naruto, Detective Conan. Yeah, I'm not sure. If Det- no, Detective Conan is an uncontrolled. I think if you took Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, you'd be getting close to it. But even I don't think it's quite as long. Um, other than that, like you're you're going to be getting not really beyond 200 episodes mm. in a series. Mm-hmm. So. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it must be more than 30,000 episodes. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. 30,000 episodes of debauchery to like, sink ourselves like, into. I, I was thinking about that too. <laughs> it's like a good chunk of that's got to be just like bad shows. Because like I have definitely oh, yeah. spent yeah. like oh, yeah. a, a, non, a, a non-trivial amount of time just like sorting through Crunchyroll trying to find something to watch that doesn't look like garbage. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. And tr- try doing that on the UK store as well. We've got like barely anything. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the next topic. Um, do you guys like manga? Yes. Um, have you ever, yes. have you ever, <laughs> have you ever uh, looked at a manga page or just like any sort of official artwork of manga or anime and be like, man, I want to put that on my wall. It's like, that's a work of art right there. Sure. I mean, I've not thought about it in that context, but I like manga and I think it's very, very cool right. to look yeah, at. Yeah, exactly. So may- maybe. I'll answer yes. Sure. Yeah. Why not? So, oh, like lots of other people do. Or just, why? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just to add on to that, I have many different prints on my wall of various things. It's not manga panels, but anyways. Um, so, but any, a lot of people have the same thought. And so last month in a furniture store of Ginza, Tokyo, which by the way, Ginza is like one of the most expensive districts in Japan. It literally has gold in its name, Gein. Um, But the IDC Otsuka Furniture Store held a little mini exhibit, which uh, basically showed off a whole bunch of these framed pieces of manga panels and manga works in various different furniture settings and how made them look like legitimate pieces of art. And it's very neat how they did that. Um, hmm. Like when you think of framing things, you never think of it how, how much a frame can actually add to the art piece. It's just like, oh, you're putting like a wooden piece around it. But it really does add a lot to it. It really does make it look a lot more <laughs> professional. And so looking at these pictures are really neat. Um, but <laughs> if you were wanted to buy one of these, which is, again, simply manga panels inside frames, they would range between $300 to 
to 2,700. Wait, no, that's not 1,000. That's holy shit. I misread this number. 2,771,400 oh, dollars. Not yen. Dollars. Uh, wow. And that is... I mean, <laughs> are they like original that's a, that's, a, that's for a small demographic. We're talking about super, super rich people who also love anime and manga. So I don't know how big of a demographic that is, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the perk. Maybe we've got a very niche market and it's, it's very big for that niche market. I'm not sure. Right. It, it just makes me think. Yeah. I, don't, I, d- oh. I don't quite have enough myself. Yeah, personally. I, yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a tad short. Give me like a <laughs> lifetime and maybe. <laughs> it, it makes me wonder though, because I'm not sure if you guys knew about the gold app back when, when smart, I, it's probably still around actually, but it was really prominent when smartphones were just coming out and the app store was becoming a thing. Have you heard of it? Gold? No, not. So the gold app was literally. Oh wait, it was yes, an app that, yes. No, I remember this. Oh my yeah. god. Okay, yeah. It was an app that cost a thousand dollars, and all it did was you oh, turn yeah. it on, it just says gold on your screen, yep. and that's it. And people bought it. Oh my god. And whoever made yeah, that app, shit, I remember, ran away with the probably millions the, of the dollars. Great, the great part is that like the app store like slapped it down, um, and like it. I don't think it's actually available anymore. Um, Okay, I hope um, not. Yeah, but you know, they weren't able to get his money because, like, he like he sold a product fair and square. It's just, it, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. That's the thing as well. Like, if if it's advertised, is what it is. Yeah, you got they got what they like, and paid people for, yeah. bought it consensually. Like, okay, it's a waste of their money, but they've chosen to do that. Yeah, so, there was like, no subterfuge about so, it whatsoever. Yeah, if if he openly said this is just an app that says gold, like it is a waste. Of Give money. me your money. <laughs> Yeah, and people buy it, then yeah, I've I've got no pity for those people. Yeah. They chose to buy it. They chose to spend their money on yep. it. And so this reminds me of that, where it's just like it's just a status symbol, basically. Um yeah. if you if you are a mega fan, you have the money and you want to show off, this is probably the one of the ways to do it. Blech. You could give it to a charity. No. Why not get a manga page. Useless, like. <laughs> or two I, I, th- I think Go. I think the manga page, like, at least at least it looks cool in your house. At least you can somewhat benefit from it. I think the case of a gold app, like that is just completely fucking useless. Mm-hmm. But you know, you could give out money to charity instead, but why not buy an app instead? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I think the manga idea is pretty cool. It's just crazy expensive. Right, exactly. I don't know how anyone could afford yeah. that. Like I, I, w- I would definitely wouldn't mind having them hung up in my, uh, my apartment, but not for that money. Mm. All right. No. <laughs> So moving on, I was hoping that we would have some more uh, Tokyo Olympic news to go off of. I couldn't find anything. Um, But we do have something that is sanctioned by the Tokyo government. Although I'm not exactly sure how much we're going to get out of this topic because it's rather vague. It sounds cool initially. So let me start. Um, The Tokyo Metropolitan Government has announced last week that will begin its Anime Overseas Expansion Step Up program that will focus on marketing anime to the foreign market. Sounds cool, right? It's like neat. Okay. Um, Japan acknowledges like anime is an important part of its like of its uh, culture. Wants to spread it around a bit. Cool. What are they going to do? How are they going to do this? So it will basically they are giving seminars and workshops that will culminate in a contest for anime pitches. And the what the person who wins this contest for an anime pitch will be able to exhibit that in the next. Uh, this French film festival that I'm going to slaughter the name of the Marche International du Film d'Animation, which 
The acronym for that is MIFA, M-I-F-A. Seminars will run from August to October and will focus on outlining the foreign anime market. The grand prize winner will also receive 1 million yen. And that's, that's all it says. That, that's it, actually it pretty it, cool. It's cool, but like, what What are these seminars? What are these workshops? Where are they going? Uh, <laughs> it's all very vague. Um, well, at the very uh, least, um, I know that like the anime industry is like, Unlike the animation industry in like the U.S., there's not a lot of non-Japanese people working in it. I know that there are actually like one or two people. Like, who is it? God, it's it's a dude who like grew up in the U.S. and he went over to Japan and he's now like one of the big animators on like JoJo. Hmm. Um, God, I forget his name. Speaking of uh, JoJo, we mentioned Italy earlier, and obviously oh Ventorio is set in Italy. Fun fact. That could be a whole European joke. <laughs> that could be it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's the next step after that oh one. God. But uh, as far as like expanding, I, I, I think it's cool. Uh, what, what I'm actually hoping for with this is that this, by like some leaps and bounds, leads towards some kind of like increase in quality of life and standardization of those quality improvements across the animation industry because i don't think like people from like outside japan are going to be okay with the like objectively shitty conditions animators work in mm-hmm. mm, that is true i, I know there's certain companies that are better but um for a lot but i think they pay like frame by frame mm-hmm. that's like mostly the industry yeah. standard mm-hmm. um there are a few exceptions. Apparently, just going back to it briefly, apparently Kyoto Animation was an incredible place to work right. at. And yeah. uh, they paid like standard well, yeah, yeah, all the animators are salaried, really so they good. didn't have to worry about yeah. like, their pay. Yeah, because yeah, if you're working frame by frame, that puts like massive pressure on you to turn out a certain amount of work, mm-hmm. obviously. To, to like, are you, I need to do this much to pay rent this month. Whereas a standard salary is like so much more reliable. Right. Um. So yeah, I'd love to see like improvements to the industry where like more companies get better practices and better, um, yeah, just better ways of running. Yeah, it's interesting because there's a whole crunch time uh, controversy going on in the video game industry recently, uh, yeah. r- rather recently. And I mean, you have the exact same problem in the anime industry as well. And mm-hmm. it's it this, the Japanese are very stubborn <laughs> in their ways for sure. And it's known that the average population in Japan is relatively aged right now and an older population is a much more stubborn population and so getting some more outside influences Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um to kind of bounce ideas off possibly change things around it could lead to uh some better working conditions hopefully Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting like you said about the aged population as well because i know japan's very conservative yeah and that's probably a product of that generation it's the same as like I think right now we're all dealing with kind of old conservative people voting very prominently in all of our countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll eventually die out, but it's just going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so then now finally we're going to end off with our usual rank the Blu-rays, except oddly, I thought for sure we'd have a ranking for the end of the last season. So the first batch of like Blu-rays since the previous season ended. We don't have that, mm. weirdly. I'd looked for it and we don't. So again, I'm not going to really ask you what you think is at top because you're never going to guess it. It's all, it's completely nonsensical. We got Magical Girl Lyrical Nanaha Detonation at the top, the ultra special edition. 
so I, I I love Nanaha. I, I actually like I, that's I love that it's a great magical girl show. It was just, yeah. it was, it was just the detonation. Yeah, I, yeah, I have I no idea expecting. what detonation is. That's completely new to me. So I'll, I'll have to look that up later. On a bit um, of a side tangent, like I. I get that it's supposed to be cool, maybe even cute, but I actually cannot stand it when Japanese media tries to use English because as an <laughs> English speaker, it never sounds good. But it sounds so I, cool to see, the Japanese. I, I think any title with the word detonation afterwards sounds like <laughs> detonation. <laughs> Like no, you, you also have to say Fire the Emblem Three Houses too. Detonation, oh, detonation. It immediately <laughs> sounds better Detonation Detonation hit, yeah. Detonation Oh my god No no Explosion a, would the, be better So this show is Anime Ichiban Detonation oh okay. That's the new name Yeah right. it just sounds better I think we got it's catchy I think we got our episode title now Oh my god <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Alright uh, Number four We got the quintessential Or not number four Number three The quintessential How is the Gotoban anime Selling that well? It's not good, and I love Gotobu. <laughs> well, it did. Well, I'm, I'm not angry. Well, I'm not angry that it like does well because like that's obviously going to support Negi. Yep. But like, I don't know. It just it fucking baffles me. Yeah, it it's just goes to show how. Well, and again, I don't know how the anime was received in the West either. Um, but I do know that Japanese tastes like differ way more than we realize than Westerner tastes. Buh, buh, Japan. <laughs> because remember, this is the Japanese Blu-ray ranking. Um, then at number four, we got Magical Girl Lyrical Now Now Detonation Standard Edition. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, number six, we got uh, Bungo Stray Dogs Volume oh, Thirteen. Okay. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, number five, I haven't heard of this one. Leda or Lita L E D A The Fantastic Adventure of Yoko. Any of you heard of that? I have now. No. Yep. Oh. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, number seven, we got our Fruits Basket first season, volume one. Very pleased with that. I adore Fruits Basket. It's very important I, to me. I like the last... I I just need to comment. The last thing we mentioned, um, we just didn't say anything about it because none of us have heard of it. We just completely moved on. Like I, I like to think there's one of our listeners who loves that series. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh no, boy, yeah, this yeah, one. How dare we you? Just, go back to it. Like, it's the best series ever. We're just like, no, never heard of it. Yeah. Anyways, like, this one, <laughs> just move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like, I have nothing to go off of that except the title. It's just like, and it's a 4K remaster. Okay, it's a remaster, so it's probably an older show. There, oh, we, yeah, we, yeah we I looked it up. It, it's got like old 80s, 90s anime aesthetic going on. Okay, uh, there we go. Before cool. our time. Um, <laughs> number eight, we got Dragon Ball Super Broly movie, right. which dropped from uh, the first. Oh, I should also mention this ranking is for the week of June 17th through the 23rd. That's the most recent ranking I could find. So this is pretty outdated okay. by now. And that's about everything. I, I enjoyed that. Is, yeah. I enjoyed the Dragon Ball Super movie as well. I thought it was good fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the animation's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's that's about the consensus I've heard is like it's the fight scenes are like balls to the wall fantastic, but you're, you're there just to have fun. <laughs> Not for any deeper. Yeah, it, it's it's not gonna like open your mind and make you reevaluate the world differently. <laughs> but I feel like you know that going in, you're going in just to see some fighting, some good animation, and it delivers. What I did honestly find though, weirdly, is that the pacing of the film was really peculiar because like the first half is like plot, and I actually really enjoyed that. I actually really enjoyed the plot, and then the second half is the action, which is still entertaining, but it almost just feels a little bit formulaic, like. Oh, and now it's the action bit, and it just kind of rattles on through that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But with that said, it was still fun. So I do like it. But I feel like it could have had more impact if the action was somehow interspersed with the plot. Mm-hmm. And it, it instead of just being like plot, action, end. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it, it was still very enjoyable. Yeah. It was a fun Dragon Ball movie. It's a movie it in the end. So it, it it's do. working within the constraints of a limited time frame. So it sounds like it did yeah. what it could. Yeah. It's another instance where like a lot of people will like trash Terry animation being like, oh, the animation quality is terrible. And I just say like, watch Dragon Ball Super Broly. Like they're fucking good when we have the budget and the time to make something. Mm-hmm. Like anytime that animation quality like is not up to scratch, it's because they're having to like churn stuff out weekly mm-hmm. and they don't have time to do it. Anytime we've got like, I don't know, a good director on board and like the right budget and time, they're fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, like, to- Toei's been around this for as long as they have for a reason. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And so that that's old anime, though. And what we've got going on now, though, is the new anime season, which, by the way, this wraps up our news roundup. We always end with the Blu-rays. So, yeah, new, hey. new anime season has started a couple a few weeks ago. I know Kyle has been getting back onto the anime train after being a bit of a hi- hiatus. He's been devouring things. But yeah, lots of cool new shows coming out. Kind of uh, want to talk about, give a few of our thoughts on what we've been watching, what we're excited about, and so on and so forth. And so, Kyle, you've been raring to go about this. What yeah. Do you want to start so interestingly, interestingly enough, even though you're talking about like this new season starting up, I have been getting through my backlog. Um, and the two main series I've been really digging into uh, are Evangelion and Hibike Euphonium. Oh, crap. I, I take everything back. Rewind. We're not done with the news yet. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Evangelion, that completely reminded me. Because this- oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Of there's course, like a yeah. new movie yes. coming out. Well, well, there's that, but no. Uh, uh? <laughs> the, the, more contro- the more controversial topic. Uh, so this happened a few weeks ago, and it's. More or less settled down, but it'd be remiss of us to not mention it. Oh, at least. So, oh, Evangelion, yeah, 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 yeah. So, Evangelion has released on Netflix now, which is a huge, huge deal, and that it's the first time that Evangelion is officially streaming in any capacity. Up until now, it's been purely uh, DVDs that you could get it from, and so this and being on Netflix, it was able to reach a very large audience. However, uh, it also received a new translation, and under this new translation, there is. Uh, and it, there is a character in Evangelion that is very clearly um, homosexual in it. And in the original translation, it says that he says, I love you to Shinji. Um, it means I love you. But in this new uh, Netflix translation, it's translated to I like you. You are worthy of my grace. And that started a whole hullabaloo in the anime community. About I actually, now I actually as well, I've not seen Evangelion, but I didn't realize it was a gay couple. Mm-hmm. And that obviously makes the controversy much more like understandable as well, because I just assumed it was uh, a heterosexual couple in the show. And obviously people are annoyed because it's like, well, this was a romance and you've taken away from that mm-hmm. by changing this translation. But it's all the more impactful when it's a gay couple, right. because obviously gay couples don't get much representation in Japanese media. Um, I think Japan is still quite behind on like uh, gay equality and mm-hmm. LGBT plus issues yeah. in general. So yeah, to have like some very positive gay representation is fantastic. So for Netflix to then retranslate that and make it non-romantic is really right. stupid. L- and I don't understand why. Let me set the scene for you, Harry, where this scene takes place. Yeah. Uh, it takes place with both the male characters in the bath holding hands. Yeah. <laughs> 
Pretty, pretty clearly romantic at that yeah. point. <laughs> um, so yes, unfortunately, Harry and I haven't watched Evangelion, so we can't speak directly to it because I have heard says that or sayings that this translation is technically more accurate, more literal. But again, it goes back to I wish this came up before our last episode because we had our whole topic about localization and the pitfalls thereof. The more accurate literal translation doesn't always mean the best. And so it's really hard to comment on it. I should watch that scene to see like what they're saying in the Japanese so I could have my own comments. Because if she if he says Suki, that does that can be ambiguous because Suki can mean like or love. But again, the the way the scene is set up, they're both naked in a bathtub holding hands. It's pretty yeah, fill in uh, the yeah. blanks. <laughs> and to replace that end with like you're worthy of my grace is uh, sounds it's who says that? Who if says I was that? with someone and that's what they said to me, yeah. I would break up with them on the spot. Oh, because it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You weirdo. Yeah, right. so apparently. And so, Kyle, like, I know you're not there at that yeah, point. No, I'm not. I'm like halfway through the series at this point, but before we like roll off of this completely. So, apparently, like the head, like. Mm-hmm person the person in charge of the localization tried to defend their position and in his words it was because i wanted to like have that sense of ambiguity to it and he got slaughtered for it right yeah. so it's just like i don't know i i'm not there yet so so what, what i'm watching um are the and don't do this at home kids i'm watching with uh <laughs> a's subs uh, so the the 4chan board A um, back when it was like oh. releasing out, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's actually like the most recommended subs that people say are oh, like, pretty accurate okay. towards like capturing the full experience um, and like context mm-hmm. of the dialogue and all of that. But I, at least as far as like my enjoyment of the series, it's it's not an understatement when people have said. That Shinji is a little bitch. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Because because I've seen the first four episodes of the series. Yeah, so he does not. that for the rest of the for at least as far as I've watched, and from what I've been told, he does it for all like twenty six fucking episodes, which yep. is like it, it, it's mind numbing. It, it, so what, what do you mean? Is he just really irritating and why? All of the like, above. What? Like mm-hmm. ev- like yeah. his character is him having trouble like committing. To like making decisions, taking initiative, he's just like a wet towel, and that's his character. It's not like wet towel by like bad writing or anything. It's very he's very deliberately written that way. And the only reason like I am now enjoying the show is because Asuka's been introduced to the cast. And she's got like just a very like she she's a very classic, like like um hyperactive, like aggressive, like Genki girl kind of archetype, uh Cinderade. So she's a lot of fun to watch, and she makes Shinji enjoyable by proxy because he's playing off of her. And when he's like not moping, he's an all right character. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's kind of weird, like coming back to it because like there are like some parts of the show where I'm like, all right, yeah, this is pretty good. And it's neat to see like guy in uh, uh, an older guy night show. Because I've watched like most of their like more recent works, um, like Panty and Stocking, Gurren Logan, Die Buster, and all of that, and those are very clearly like just fun. And it's interesting to see like Evangelion now because like there, there, there's moments, there are moments where you can tell that like it's Gainax behind the wheel, 
but then they try <laughs> to put in these like weird like edible issues and like character drama that just feels so grating by by design so there's that i am like 11 episodes in um i have enjoyed the past few i am interested to see where it goes but yeah so while i haven't seen uh, the series i have seen the 1.11 and 2.22 movies which are um kind of recaps re, they're re, the, so yeah they're reca- the first one is a recap the second one is all is kind of like getting into new material it's a re, it's half recap half new i heard and that I they have added a, like a, a fourth pilot yeah so they added a fourth pilot in 2.22 but uh the reason i like the movies a lot is because they got through shinji's bitch phase a lot faster and the thing is like shinji's bitch phase is absolutely necessary for the plot of the show because like the reason he it, he is the way he is is very believable and very appropriate, but that doesn't make it any yeah, easier to watch it, him it's be just a bitch, like, is the thing. I, I get his motivation. It's just, yeah. oh my God, stop. It's like, it's just like the meme, like get in the robot, Shinji. It's just like, I mean, yeah. that's what you're thinking. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> all right. So for comparison, like Gainax, like, f- I guess figured this out and like got Shinji's character right in Gurren Lagann. Um, with Simon, because Simon starts <laughs> yeah. out like this little wimpy milk toast kid, but after like going through some you know pretty traumatic events, like he overcomes that and becomes like the character you root for. Like I am not rooting for yeah. Shinji at all. I would be fine if he gets run over by a truck. You say Kai time. Oh my god, genre shift. It's it's like one of the uh, tenets of good story writing and good protagonist writing is to have your protagonist suffer a lot of shit, but they keep bouncing yeah. back from it and they keep pushing forward. Immediately, then you like them because you feel sorry for them and you respect their tenacity to keep going. And it's just a surefire way to get you on your protagonist side. And you, you look at any like good show, like um, My Hero Academia. Mm. There you go. Like like Midoriya is a popular protagonist because. He obviously deals with a lot of shit when he's growing up. He doesn't have a quirk and he has all, he's very disadvantaged. And then he gets given his quirk by All Might after he's earned it and he's impressed him. Then he works hard to get yeah, into like, UA you, and he continues constantly working hard, even when everything's stacked yeah, against him. You want to be able to work for them. Um, and you, you yeah, need the story to give you that reason. So actually on that point, the other series that I've been digging into that's, because um, this actually aired right before Dragon Maid, um, so I never really thought to get mm-hmm. into it, but Hibike Euphonium is another series mm-hmm. that I'm digging into, mm-hmm. and it's exactly that point where the protagonist, um, Kumiko, is very clearly, like, down on, like, she she's, like, aimless, she's, like, lacking motivation, um, and she's, like, encountering, like, a lot of hurdles towards, like, getting there, but you can tell that she has this forward-moving momentum, and part of the story and part of what drives you to enjoy it is that you want to see her get there. You want to see her succeed and overcome her own misgivings. So I was talking to you about this yesterday, Kyle. How far are you now? Uh, I'm four episodes in, I think, at this point. Okay, so you're still really early. Yeah, it's still really early. It's it's like the, the story arc right now is like she's at her lowest because like it's very clear that like nobody else gives a shit about the club, Mm. save for like a few of her friends. Um, so yeah. I'm interested to like see her overcome that hurdle and I want her to succeed. Yeah. Like Hibike is very similar to clan ad where the first season is good. There's not much wrong. With, I mean, it's perfectly fine on its own, but the second season is where it really, really mm-hmm. excels mm-hmm. and hits on super masterful notes. Like the, the second season is one of my favorite seasons of anime of all time. 
Um, but yeah, you'll you'll enjoy the first season, but really look forward to the second season for sure. All right, all right. Yeah, it, it's I. So it's been a while since I've watched like a like I guess a QAnon drama. It's not really like that dramatic, mm-hmm. but it's very it's a lot more grounded than something like Dragon Maid, right? Right. Which is yeah. like it, it's got like the cute family stuff, but it's very clearly just like a fun slice of life show. Um, and like I'd watched Nichi, rewatched Nichi Joe recently, and that's just you know completely like gag comedy. So it's yeah. interesting to come back to something like this that's a little more grounded and more character driven, um, which mm-hmm. I forgot that Q Annie does like supremely well. Yeah, you'll find that like the characters just. The way they act feels so consistent and natural. Mm-hmm. It's just like there's it's never a question of like what they're going to do. It's just of course they're gonna yeah, do that because yeah, they're yeah, yeah, that person. Yeah. It's just it's just a matter of fact. Everything feels so natural natural in the mm-hmm. show and it's so incredible how they do. I just watched the movie recently, uh the the I forget what it's called, but basically it's a direct continuation of the second season. Hmm. And the way that they managed they basically cram an entire season's worth of content into a single oh movie. God. Without feeling rushed at all. And it was incredible. Mm. I loved it. Um, I will say for anyone who's looking to get into the series um, without starting the show, you can watch Liz and the Bluebird, which is kind of like a side story shoot off between the second season and the movie. Or yeah, between the second season and the movie. And it is phenomenal in all its own, right? It's animated in a different style. It's kind of got, got this pastel look to it to kind of differentiate itself. It follows two different characters, but... It's a very, very tender story of two very close friends that start to become estranged, estranged from each other and aren't quite sure and are uncomfortable about that. And so I highly recommend that. Oh my God, they really dug into so a lot. Yeah, it's it's big for sure. But, yeah, I don't want to. That's, that's what that's what I've been watching. Um, <laughs> as far as it goes, I still need to get back onto Demon mm-hmm. Slayer. Yes, which brings us which to Harry. Oh yeah, hey, hey, I've, yeah, and. <laughs> A new episode was out today and I really enjoyed it. I haven't I'm, seen it yet. No words. No words. And I, I won't spoil it, but obviously I'm, I'm a sucker for like shonens and stuff. I'm like really into just fucking fun, entertaining animes. And this is uh, just very much kind of like that formula, but doing it really well. Um, I think mean, the animation's great. It's interesting because like, even when it uses 3D mm. animation, mm-hmm. it never feels out of place or right. inappropriate. It always fits in really well. And it feels like a stylistic choice that, that works rather than a sort of budget choice like that the topsy turny um, house part the way they use three during that exactly that was mind-blowing exactly yeah like in another series that could end up being sort of clumsy in a little bit like oh like clearly they ran out of money here they ran out of time but no in demon slate it looks good and you watch it and you're like wow that actually looks impressive i'm actually seeing 3d animation but i fully believe and actually feel like compliments this action scene so yeah and then i think obviously like his sword effects of the kind of oh, like yes sort of cartoony waters and stuff. It's great. The animation's really solid. Uh, I think it's a really likable protagonist. I, I like the premise the, the premise, and uh, it's just really fun. It's mm. just a really mm-hmm. good series. Uh, mm-hmm. New episode's great. I've, I've got nothing but good, good things to say about it so far. I think we're on episode 16 now after today. Yeah, in fact, I won't say anything, but this new episode, there's like a really shocking moment in there. Uh, nothing too bad, but it's kind of like a, quite a dark moment. Mm-hmm. And... It's little bits like that that I always really like to see in certain shonen shows where it can, I don't know, like it can juxtapose some of the more comedic, happy moments with like darker, bleaker moments. Mm-hmm. And I think Demon Slayer is really good for that because it is like very much sort of accessible, entertaining show, but it has its more gory, its more grim moments. And I, I like how it can balance those things. Right. Um, 
Yeah, it's really good. I've got nothing. Yeah, on that point though, Harry, it's kind of crazy how like in the first two episodes alone, you can already see like the full range of tone that it can reach. Um, Because the first episode, like it starts off, and like I I don't think this is spoilers because this is set up for the show. But like after finding out his entire family gets slaughtered, like and him like having to deal with the fact that his sister's been possessed by a demon like that's such a moving like strong first episode and then episode two like starts with a gag and it's like what the fuck is this but it doesn't feel yeah. like whiplash right that yeah that's that's that was articulated much better than my <laughs> feelings um but that's it it's it's like it can jump from really dark moments like that to really comedic moments and uh this new episode is a good example because one of the new characters, um, I think it's called like Inosuke or something. Inosuke, yeah. He wears like this, in a, yeah, he wears this boar's head and he's really competitive with Tanjiro. And that's like very much a comedic thing where the two of them are going through this forest and they're trying to beat this demon. And Inosuke keeps competing with Tanjiro. He keeps getting his name wrong. There's all sorts of gags in there that are happening that are genuinely funny. But towards the end of one of these scenes, something happens. It's quite shocking. And the demon does something. And it's like, whoa, fuck, that was dark. Um, and it, again, it really juxtaposes these mm-hmm, gags, but mm-hmm. it works. It doesn't feel like whiplash. It, it yeah. feels like it all fits in the universe. The gags feel like they fit in the universe. The animation with the 3D stuff feels like it fits in the universe. Mm-hmm. Everything makes sense. And that's what's really cool about it. it I gotta say, works. on this yeah. animation really, really point, works. this show has actually convinced me to watch Fade. Yes, because the uh, action scenes finally. are like probably some of the actually like one of if not the best like action scenes I've seen in anime. Yep, that's UFO Table oh, for yeah. you. That's you. so the the animation studio <laughs> for this UFO Table, like Harry just not Harry, uh, Kyle just said they are most well known for their works on Fate series. So Fate Zero and Fate Unlimited Blade works in particular. Uh, the Fate Heaven's Feel movies recently, things like that. Um, they are. They've always done adaptations of games. So Fate, they did Tales of Asteria of the Cross, which is also very good. They did the God Eater anime, which was eh. Um, they did Token Rambu, which was good if you're a fan. I wasn't a fan, so I wasn't enjoying it. But this is the first time they're doing a non-game adaptation. Furthermore, a very, very popular shonen manga adaptation. And so there was a lot of uh, uncertainty going into it. Like There was a lot of fate with Yuto Table, but it was something different for them. And to see them just knock mm. it out of the park like this is incredible. But yes, like Kyle That makes said, me really happy, yeah. yeah. If you want to see more of UFO Table, I cannot recommend Fate Zero enough. Like, the action scenes in that one are unbelievable. The, 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 first, episode, the first episode, God, the first, the first episode, episode was, was like awful. It's five minutes it's of two priests <laughs> circling each other in a church, and it just yeah. fucking, like, just, I, just, I shut off the it. episode. Just get through it. Just get through right, it. Just get through right, it. It'll be great. Right, It'll be great afterwards. Right. I promise. But yeah, um, also I I always like when an animation studio gets a great show that's successful because they must just be thinking behind the scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got one. Yeah, like we it, yeah. the people behind the scenes, they must just be so happy they've got Demon Slayer now. Like, yes, we've got one. It's going really well. There's going to be constant manga updates, so we can keep doing this. It's going to be like a long running thing that we can hopefully make great stuff for, and we can make lots of money from. Yeah. And I don't know, like it's. it's Everyone wins. Everyone's yep. a winner. So and, I'm happy. And the lengths that UFO Table goes for its animation. So one of my friends got to go to the Kimetsu no Yaiba panel at AX that featured the producer and so on and so forth. And they were walking through exactly how they animate some of those action mm. scenes. And they were saying like a normal anime studio. I wish I could have gone to that panel, but I had something else. So like a normal animation studio would do this. But we went and did all of these 10 extra steps for this one scene. Mm. 
And to him, it was just like absolutely mind opening the level of detail they go to. Um, bouncing off of what mm. uh, Harry was saying earlier about uh, how it switches between tones so easily, something else I think it does very well is just how it escalates stakes so aggressively, but so well. What sticks out in my mind is in the middle, like around episode six or seven or so, when you encounter the big bad for the first time. I don't, how far are you, Kyle? Uh, I'm like four episodes in. I think the last thing okay, I just so, watched was so so he's, he's just cutting like tr- a boulder. He's training, isn't he? Okay, yeah. So yeah, right. So yeah, later on, when you first encounter the big bad, the way you do is just such a... How do I explain? How do I... It's, Menace. it's just it's a shocking nonchalant. moment. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you don't see it coming. It's just like, and we're here. And this is why it's bad. And this is why he is the big bad. And it's just... Uh, bone chilling the way they mm. reveal him the thing the thing he does in this moment um, and the way, how you get there it, the, the fact that they didn't ramp up to this moment it was just like it was emphasizing how this world in this world danger can really lurk around at any corner when you least expect it and it was so masterfully done and that's what really like up until that point I was in the show but that was when the show really really hooked mm-hmm. me like that that was good storytelling that was good cinematography that was just wonderful execution all around applause to you yeah whereabouts have you gotten to matt so i'm i just haven't seen the recent episode that's it yeah oh okay so you just need to watch one today yeah it's it's good so so you're yeah they've gone to the spider forest and yeah it's a good episode today you'll enjoy it i'll watch it after we're done recording Uh uh-huh i watched it before (laughs) well aren't you a special snowflake (laughs) so what have you been watching? yeah so that brings me to me then so as I said before, I'm still watching the new remake of Fruits Basket because that's just so incredibly important to me. Like the, the thing about Fruits Basket is that um, you have Toru, the main character, uh, who's like the atypical shoujo protagonist. She's very, she's got a harder goal. She's kind to everyone, um, very, very forgiving. And typically in shows, um, you're asked to, they make a the main character that you want to root for that, like we were talking about before, you want to root for that you can relate to in some shape or form. And Toru isn't that like she's this paragon of excellence that you can't really ever reach. Instead, what you're asked to relate to is everyone around her, all the characters around her that have all their various different problems, their various different worries, their concerns. And in that set of characters, there's going to be at least one, probably more that you can directly relate to, whether it's something that's going on in your life right now or something that happened in your past lives. Like, oh, my God, like, I know exactly what you what you're feeling, what you're going through and so on and so forth. Mm. And that's where the show really gets you. Because then at that point, you see what happens when Toru, some someone like Toru believes in someone like you going through that unconditionally, that you can get through it and the incredible healing effect that can have. And it is such an emotionally touching and moving show. Every single episode has some sort of moment in it. I'm just like, oh, oh, my heart. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like whoever watches it will be able to get something out of this show in some shape or form. I don't know why, but I really want to show my sister this show. I can't explain it, but I, like every time I watch an episode, I'm like, damn, I really want, and my sister doesn't watch anime at all. Zero, zilch. Like I've shown her a show here and there back when, but like for whatever reason, I get the intense need to be like, Sierra, you need to watch the show, but she's in, uh, she's in Peru right now. So that can't happen. But uh, <laughs> yeah, whenever, when she comes you can, back, you can message her. You can send her a Facebook message. Yeah. She, she listens to this podcast every now and then. So she listens to this one. She'll, ah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's like my close to my heart show. As for this season, um, I hate myself 
because my favorite show this season so far is the fucking How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift show. Oh my and god. I, I was going to watch that this weekend. Is it Yeah. What's what's it actually called? It, it's no, that. That's, that's literally that, that, the, that's name. the that's title. The name. That's the name. About... Yeah, that's the name because That's an interesting name. Yeah, the 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 per, the, per, the the show is about working out in a gym, specifically weightlifting. And so um it is a I wouldn't even call it a Moe Blob show, actually, but it is very much a cute girls doing cute things show in that you have your main cast of girls and the main character. She she's getting a little chubby and in a surprise plot twist, she actually is getting a little chubby. It's not like I feel like there's that trope in anime where a girl weighs herself like I gained two kilograms and she still looks like a supermodel. Like in this show, she you actually do see her have a little chub. So I appreciated that. But she's like, okay, I need to do this. And so there's a new gym that opens up. She goes and enrolls in a training program. There's a trainer there literally named Machio, as in Macho EO. <laughs> and he teaches her how to properly lift weights and everything. And what the crazy thing is that they actually show proper weightlifting techniques in the show, like how to not hurt yourself. They go, they take the time to explain everything from they have very unnecessarily etchy explanations they even comment on that in the shows like why does this have to be so itchy um but they are proper in the end and the thing is like the comedy like hmm? there are a lot of like anime and manga series that are really really factually accurate to the source i think we, we, we talked about with. this before in an episode but something like like, like, like work. No soma yeah, and Soma, yeah, yeah like yeah. Soma actually like yeah, uses yeah. like a bunch of like like it's overblown, of course, but like the actual cooking is like oh this these are like actual cooking techniques and ingredients. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's I mean, like, yeah, Yuri, Yuri and Ice was like really popular with ice skaters yeah. actually watching it because it was like so accurate to what figure skating is. Yeah, and I'd be interested to see really if cool. the team behind dumbbells is like super buff. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Uh, I, yeah you have to look into the author for that i well i do know it's done by dogakoba oh so, this is like, a dogakoba show hands for the jo- yeah oh my god yeah, that's that's another reason why i was like interested in it because oh like, my god they do cute girls and moe blobs real good wait uh, oh my god is it better than senko because i could not fucking stand senko-san at all there are two different kinds of stories but i i'm enjoying this a lot more than i did right, senko. i enjoyed senko but good. i'm enjoying this a lot more yeah. than senko yeah 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 and so I hate myself because I I'm really actually not ironically enjoying this show. That's good. Oh. That's good. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> if I wanted to give like a normal person recommendation though, uh, <laughs> uh, Fire Force is off to a good start this season too. So it's by the same author I, as Soul Eater. Hmm? Oh, I really? Need to watch it. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's on my watch list. Like, I know. It's, yeah. You watch it's, it. It seems like the sort of stuff I'd like. Yeah. You you watch it and you immediately recognize his style. It is so unbelievably Soul Eater. Um, the basic premise is that people are spontaneously combusting and turning into like these fire demons. And so you have the fire force that goes and puts them to rest. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I really appreciate it's so far, it's kind of like typical Shonen Flair. I do like the main character. He's got this weird little quirk to him because at first you think he's a hot blooded, like arrogant protagonist, but he's not actually. He's got this weird quirk where when he, get, he gets nervous, he smiles very cockily and people like get the wrong idea because of that all the time, including the viewer myself. Because I thought he yeah. was cocky until mm. he explains, like, no, I'm actually really nervous <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> so I, I like that little uh, character trait about him. But yeah, so what I really appreciate about the show is the lighting in it. Because uh, what people don't realize is that when you're caught in a fire indoors, and this is unfortunately oddly topical right now, 
um, quick note is that the third episode of Fire Force is actually delayed a week in respect of the recent Kyoto mm-hmm. Animation fire. But anyways, um, so when you're in an indoor fire, it's actually very dark in there. Like the only light you see are the light of the flames, the things that can do damage to you. And so they utilize that very well in the anime with the lighting effects, the way that the flames kind of flicker around, like bounce off their faces, the way that their uh, striped reflectors on their fire suits reflect the light. It's like the glow in the light. It's super, super well done. Some of the most amazing lighting I've seen in anime. It's kind of interesting I because do question- um, from what mm-hmm. I remember, of it's been all, it's like been over a decade since I've watched Soul Eater. Um, but the one thing that like I remember sticking out to me with the style was like the strong contrast in color and lighting. So it seems like mm-hmm. this author's style would lend very well to like this kind of like context. Right. Yeah. And it definitely does. I have heard that the ma- the manga was definitely not nearly as striking as the anime. One of my friends who read the manga is like, yeah, I'm looking forward to Fire Force, but I was I'm not super excited about it. But then when we watched the episodes, like the presentation of the show made me way more excited than I ever was reading hmm, the manga. That's really so it's cool. not striking. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to where that's, that goes. That's not all that common as well. Typically, like it's not common, but like a manga will be like good, but the anime comes out and it just like blows the manga out of the water almost right. due to it being animated. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. The characters beyond the main character are also very, very likable. I like every single one of them so far. Um it's it's very clearly by the Soul Eater guy. Like it's got his his fingerprints all over it. So if you like Soul Eater, definitely, definitely check out Fire Force. Even if you haven't watched Soul Eater or didn't like Soul Eater, I do think it's still worth trying because it tells a very different kind of story. And yeah, that's my normal person recommendation if you're not a degenerate human being like I am. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna watch it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um I'm just thinking it's uh should we leave our next topic for the next right, uh, that's, next episode? That's, that's why I came straight to this one. I saw the time, like we're gonna spend <laughs> a lot of time on this. So yeah. Well yeah. we're gonna bench the talk about AX and conventions in general. Oh my god, I forgot time. that was a topic. That was like the main topic. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. It's All okay, right. we've had a fun time. It's been really cool. Yeah. Um I but I think it's best to do it because otherwise we might go on for another half an hour. It could be a super long episode. Yeah. We'd have to cut stuff out. That's good. This is all current talk. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all good. Yeah. When when we finish the news roundup, we'll we'll cut all this part out. But yeah, when I finished the news roundup, I looked at the time like Kyle said he's got a lot to talk about. We're just gonna move on to the anime now. <laughs> we don't we don't need to cut this out. There's some nice behind the scenes. Hello. Uh, show give our, our viewers a listeners even a direct the, the director's cut i'm a little sweaty episode. right now no 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 subscribe subscribe to our patreon and you get the uncut version of this episode you get high quality visual <laughs> prints of all of us yes naked sweating Fucking bullets in this triple on degree, a beach triple digit weather. oh it's I so wish I hot here right in washington it's 65 and breezy out i'm giving you two bursts right <laughs> you can't see if i am <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're gonna wrap this up. This hot and steamy episode oh, up. Um, <laughs> um, so yes, we are going to sign off now with our Twitter handles. Kyle, where can we find you? I'm on Twitter. I'm at like the rogue, and uh, I'm gonna steal your thunder. Here's a game anime recommendation. Go fucking play Shadows of Valentia. It's a fantastic fucking game. I didn't think Fire Emblem was going to grab me again, but but play. 
It's it's funny when you said that you fell off and then came back with Shadows of Valentia and that like Shadows of Valentia was the next Fire Emblem game. So you never really fell off to begin with because you still played every Fire Well, Emblem yes, game. but like I was pretty <laughs> I was unexcited for Three Houses. Is the right. thing. So. Okay. Yeah. But there we okay. go. Okay. Fair enough. Harry underscore Morris underscore. Where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me Harry underscore Morris underscore at Harry underscore Morris underscore. Um, on Twitter, yeah, uh, my anime recommendation we've spoken about today, Demon Slayer is really good. I'm really enjoying it, so I'd recommend that big time. Uh, it's also a great start of anime. I think it's pretty mm-hmm, accessible, mm-hmm. pretty uh, mm-hmm, easy to yeah. get into. If, if you're not into anime, if you're new to it, I think it's got like... It's got some cool little twinges of sort of weird Japanese humor and peculiar Japanese bits in there to kind of give you a, a taste of Japanese differences in, in art and presentation. But uh, it's still very accessible for Western audiences. Uh, so, yeah, it's wicked. I really enjoy that. So that's my recommendation. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at Twitter, uh, at Twitter on. You can find me on Twitter at Musing Mojack, <laughs> M-U-S-I-N-G-M-O-J-A-C-K. Uh, my anime recommendation is Fruits Basket. I will always, always, always recommend Fruits Basket. Please, please watch it. <laughs> I wrote an article on it if you want to read that on Goomba Stomp, which is the website this is hosted on. Speaking oh. of hosting, we're not just on Goomba Stomp anymore. We're now on iTunes. Uh, we are Pornhub. working on that TBA. <laughs> <laughs> so we are finally branching out the show to be on more platforms, more podcast platforms. So we finally got approved for iTunes. You can find us on there. We're going to look to expand on Android, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, things like that. So hopefully we'll be, and we're also on Podbean now as well. We just moved our hosting platform. So yes, eventually, hopefully we will be on your favorite podcast hosting service. Coming soon to your Nintendo Switch. I think it's because we couldn't pay for our SoundCloud Pro account anymore. It's too expensive. (laughs) Uh, So we we changed. It's better here. It instigated this change. So yeah. If you feel like it, leave a review or maybe even leave a podcast topic. If you're lucky, we may pick it for the Ooh, next episode. Save us the word. We will. Like, yeah, thinking exactly. about how to we, talk. We're just lazy. It's, it's just, all right. That's going to be it. Thanks for watching and may you. Listening. And listening. Listen. Yes, listen. Yes. <laughs> well, they could have been watching the progress bar. Watch the progress bar as it oh. goes across. Yeah, you can, you can do that. Praying for it to end as it goes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, we're only halfway through. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will Cheers, guys. talk to you next time. Ciao.